The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, Googleization Nation, where we talk each week about how to prevent the shift from hitting your plans. Unfortunately, we seem to be living in a world where uncertainty seems to be the only certainty in our lives and vol- volatility is the norm. A crisis can hit us personally or disrupt our businesses almost any time when we least expect it. And there seems to be more than enough of that going on. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock these fat past week or a few days uh, we've experienced the confusion and spread of the coronavirus. We're going to be talking a lot about that today. Uh, we've had some huge wild swings in the stock market, uh, devastating tornado into in Tennessee. We're wishing everyone the best out there. Uh, certainly those night tornadoes are, are you know, devastating and uh, totally not unanticipated, but uh, tough to predict as well. We've had a political roller coaster. Um, we've got a guest on from one of the states that was in the news yesterday, uh, but we got a, a big pol- a political roller coaster going on with the Democratic primaries. We expect that's going to continue on, and it's only Wednesday, people. Uh, so that's uh, who knows. Uh, we still got another half a week to go, um, and I'm not sure if this is irony or coincidence, but we're we're glad it's happening. But our guest today was originally scheduled to talk about. Uh, reputation management and employee brand and and recruitment, how it all relates. And and you've heard Keith and me and and lots of guests, and including last week we were talking with uh, Kevin Grossman and Jerry Crispin, uh, you know about how things were, you know the importance of employment brand uh, on on hiring and be able to attract talent. Uh, but uh, as as we have it, uh, the stakes went up a notch this week with the coronavirus, and um, it's not only affecting us personally, but it's it's starting to affect when, where, and how we work, and ultimately it may affect uh, some company brands pretty seriously. So really fortunate. Um, however, this was happening, irony or coincidence, that we that uh, Bill Coletti. Um, is going to join us. He's a crisis uh, management and reputation management expert. Um, we, we contacted a few months ago. He had a new book out, Critical Moments, and uh, I thought it was fascinating. So we, we got him scheduled, and uh, we'll be really glad that he's going to join us in just a few minutes because uh, he's going to help us understand the difference between a crisis and that critical moment when the shift hits your plan. So Keith, Let's, uh, you know, let's talk about some things that uh, hopefully are not crisis in your life. What's going on? Oh, well, Ira, I mean, it's it's just a fascinating reality anymore to think about how many different things are going on uh, that are big, big news. Right. Um, that what's going on is that a whole bunch of meetings wind up getting pushed and and businesses are absolutely experiencing what it's like going through one of these crises. Um I, I think I'm, I'm seeing every time I look up 
at my computer, I'm seeing another major organization telling all of their employees to work from home until mm-hmm. further notice, which is kind of interesting because I wonder what the output or the outcome of this is going to be. Are companies that would otherwise not ask their employees to work from home, right. are they yeah, going to start res- committing? You yeah, know, there's been resistance so many to things. telecommuting. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, it's it's interesting that two two of the stocks that have skyrocketed over the last couple of weeks uh, has been Teladoc. You know, the the you know kind of telephone your doc, uh, and the other one's Zoom. You know, how many people use Zoom? And and that's uh, sort of kind of took a huge bump up when everything was going down uh, because of that. So pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What about yourself? Uh, oh, you know the usual. You know. Um, you know, I mean, just, I've sort of been fascinated in just trying to follow, you know, it fits in that, not that I, um, you know, I got a healthcare background, so I'm always interested in what's going on in healthcare, but, um, you know, it's really interesting with this coronavirus between, because, um, I think I, I got to pull out the article. I forget. I, I, it's no longer online, but in, it was 2009 or 2010, whenever the, um, H1N1, uh, was out. Yeah, about 10 years ago. Yep. And I was writing for a business to business magazine at the time. And he said, Hey, can you write a story? Can you write the lead story about how this is going to impact businesses? So a lot of the things that I'm hearing about today are similar. We didn't learn a whole lot uh, because I remember the same darn uh, challenge that we had back then was, Oh, there's not going to be enough respirators or ventilators, not respirators, but ventilators. Yep. And how do, what do we do to prevent it? And and now that was during, you know, right after the recession or during the recession. And, you know, so uh, a, a lot of companies, you know, there weren't a lot of people working, you know, people were at home. Um, there were a lot of things going on that, that didn't necessarily take the headlines. But, um, you know, I think we got, you know, everybody got comfortable again and kind of went back, you know, it was like, well, we, we got through that one and see that wasn't you know, a major event. And hopefully coronavirus is going to be that way. But, you know, as we talk about the shift's going to hit our plan and, and you know, uh, everything's just more uncertain. So um, I, I'm anxious to talk to Bill about, you know, what companies can do, because there, there were some companies that were really damaged. Uh, brands uh, were really damaged um, 10 years ago after that from not because they did anything wrong, because it worked out, but because of the way they handled it, the way they communicated the message. So, you know, that's, now we that's get to find out if anyone's learned from that experience. Yeah, that's huge. Hey, uh, just for everybody, we are live today. Um, and if you've got something, a question, a comment, um, you can uh, you can leave a, a comment up on the chat, uh, w4cy.com. Uh, some of you may be listening that way. Uh, we also got the lines open, so you can call us at 561-623-9429. That's 561-623-9429. Or you can just send Keith or me a message. Uh, I'll try to, we'll try to check uh, LinkedIn uh, while we're on the air. Uh, if not, uh, you know, we'll get back to you, or, we'll be, or I'm sure Bill will be able to be glad to kind of connect with you afterwards and give some advice. Uh, a few quick announcements, because I do want to get to Bill. Um, remember, uh, Googleization Nation. Uh, just go to googleizationnation.com. That's our community. Uh, sending out updates, uh, notifications of all the current shows, past shows. Um, yesterday had another great live stream with Ryan Kohler from Applicant Pro. Uh, we were talking about, um, you know, basically the the critical metrics, six easy, easy metrics, recruitment metrics that every company should be using, and yet uh, less than fifty percent even. 
track the information. Uh, it's all being collected. They just completely ignore it. So we had a really, really good conversation yesterday. I've got a couple of live streams coming up next week. We've had some wonderful guests last month. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got people like Bill Coletti on a podcast that you don't want to miss. So we, we want to get there. Uh, my free book still available at join dot googleization nation dot com that's join dot googleization nation dot com um, and uh, you can get a free copy of recruiting in the age of googleization you get a digital copy right away and you get the uh, paper back in about seven to ten business days and uh, don't forget you can catch all the replays uh, if you can't uh, listen to the whole show today or you miss it uh, or you miss some of the other ones uh, great topics um, you can go to uh, any of your favorite podcast platforms geek skeezers googleization is the name or you can go to geek skeezers googleization.com and uh everything's archived there and there's one uh, thing too one thing else ira there's a um on my website keithcompagna.com i'm starting to put a lot more of the the podcast and a lot of the the articles that we write after just giving a little bit more behind the scenes yeah, kind of experience and perspective i know you've got them too but for those of you looking to get a little bit further down the rabbit hole, you're more than welcome to check that out. Keith yeah, expand it. yeah, it's not a transcript. Um, not done the transcripts yet, but Keith's doing a good job of, um, you know, doing some write-ups and uh, some of the <laughs> things we miss. Yeah, it's tough. It, it's 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 hard to to keep up. Um, we, again, we got a lot of good content, and we're busy with the rest of our lives as well. Yeah, so uh, here's a basic question, um, and I thought this was pretty a pretty simple explanation. Um, because we're talking about crisis management and, you know, the only I'm not sure anybody cares about managing a crisis other than what's it going to do to our business? What's it going to do to our reputation? So right in the beginning of um, uh, Bill's book, uh, which is called Critical Moments, by the way, uh, he uh, he quotes Seth uh, Godin. And then a lot of people are really familiar with Seth. He's got great quotes. Um, and reputation means simply what people expect us to do next. And, uh, you know, initially when I read that and I saw it, I go, boy, this would be great talking about employment management or employment brand. You know, uh, Keith, you know, how, how much time do we spend on that? And, you know, companies, people just don't apply to companies because of the reputation, because they just don't expect them to call them back. They expect to be ghosted. Um, they expect that the application is going to be too long. Um, those are all simple things compared to one of the things we're going to dive in today is coronavirus. Um, so, Bill, welcome to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Ira and Craig, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to a conversation. That was a wonderful lead-in, so I'm looking forward to a great talk. Yeah, for, for sure. And um, I, I think it's it's Keith, by the way. So, Keith, excuse me, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, no no worries. All right. uh, minor crisis, right? So let's start out with this. As I said, I, I thought I, I found two things that were really interesting. I love that the simple definition of, um, you know, that you gave for re reputation. And, and I think what I really like is but we'll get into this in a bit is you talk about next reputation or next. Uh, and uh, but. You also, um, you know, give a very, um, what I want to say, um, kind of a concise view of a, a differentiation is the word I was looking for. Sorry about that. Uh, differentiation between a crisis and a critical moment. And one of the things I hear from a lot of people, especially, I, I won't name the, you know, basically if you're on the other side of this, is that. There's there's a lot of media hype. This is overblown. 
We've been through this before. Um, you know, this will blow over. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find a way out. And that's, to me, that sort of fits in your crisis definition versus a critical moment, which is sort of that tip, you know, going back to, to um, uh, uh, Seth Gordon or, or Malcolm Gladwell, uh, it's a tipping point, you know. So kind of talk about the difference between a crisis and a critical moment, because I think that's important for everybody to understand. And then let's lead into where we are today uh, and what companies can do about it. So. Yeah, it's a really important distinction, um, you know, and so you, you framed it up really nicely. So, you know, a crisis, and there's actually a third category that's not there, just an, a difficult, normal business issue. And so um, there are just things that companies have to solve that are a little bit unexpected. Everybody calls them a crisis, but they're not really a crisis. They're just a business challenge. And anybody that runs a business realizes there are just things that happen plans change and you need to react and respond. And so that's a whole nother category. The notion of what I talk about in this context of crisis are kind of these, these external events that, that are, get a whole lot of media attention. And then we very quickly move on. The, the easiest manifestation of that, you know, is that if a food manufacturing company has a recall that needs to just be managed as quickly as a crisis that moves into a critical moment if it becomes endemic and it happens over time and that shapes your reputation. I fundamentally believe that the American public is a very is very forgiving. And so if a an industrial facility, a chemical plant, an oil refinery has an explosion or has this sort of this this crisis event that's there, people just want to know we're on top of it. We're fixing it. We're taking care of our employees and people want you to get back to business. The coronavirus endemic food recall issues continue to labor unrisk or labor unrest. Walmart, for example, that starts becoming critical moments. And those are the things that over the long arc begin to shape people's reputation. I don't think a crisis, a moment in time, a singular event has a significant um impact on reputation. Because as you said, the, the Godin definition that's talked about, it's that people would expect us to do next. And he goes on further to say that next is shaped over time. And then there's a, there's a longer, more academic definition of reputation. Um, and that comes from critical moments is that, is that the continuum of time is critically important. So if I were to ask you guys, tell me about the reputation of Starbucks or tell me about the reputation of Walmart, generally favorable towards Starbucks, generally negative towards uh, towards Walmart. And so there that took a long time. It wasn't one particular crisis. So I like to put a wall around crisis. Let's manage them, meet the media's expectations, meet the public's expectations. But then these critical moments, that's a little bit more of a sophisticated mindset to think about how are we going to solve these things long term. And Corona, we happen to be living in a perfect window into how companies are managing critical moments. So would it be fair to say that, you know, most events are crises, but if they're mishandled, they become critical moments? Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful bridge, wonderful transition, you know, between the two. Um, I, I don't like the definition that, that multiple crises equal a critical moment. I don't think it's quite that simple. Um, but I but absolutely. I think that if they are handled poorly, they become a become a critical moment, which significantly impacts your reputation. There are some tried and true tactics 
that we advise our clients on and a lot of other practitioners on how to manage a crisis. You know, it, it, it embeds in some really important frameworks that we talk about that we coach our clients on. Um, but it pour, hand, screwing it up creates a lot of problems and then we, we're into critical moment zone. So since most companies, um, and again, maybe I'm biased because it's, maybe it's the companies that I surround myself with, but it doesn't seem most companies do a lot of advanced crisis planning, especially small, medium-sized businesses. They got a million things to, to handle. And so what are some of the, you know, where do you start? I mean, you know, and again, we're, we're sort of in the throes of this. And, and as uh, we talked about uh, earlier, uh, as Keith suggested, uh, you know, I have a lot of companies that are, are having people work from home, you know, they change your habit, they're, they're, they're canceling travel, which means there's going to be more, you know, communication, you know, done uh, digitally. Um, so th- there's a lot of things that are going to change. Um, what can a, what can a company do to help, you know, I guess, prevent it from becoming a critical moment and and permanently injuring their reputation? Yeah, so so we've got three thoughts on that, and I'll I'll share them with you. Three different things, and what we in working with our companies and companies that we think are kind of best in class in the way they address it. So there's three specific things. First and foremost is crisis simulations. We think that organizations should gather operations, legal, management, communications, sort of whoever the key stakeholders are, and they should actually simulate a crisis. It can be done in real time, you know, kind of a live fire drill, or it can just be a tabletop exercise just to sort of walk through. If this were to happen, you know, how would we manage it? And and all of the complexities of managing an organization for every department to get engaged. So, so you got to, if you're going to be forced into this situation, you need to practice it. It's almost like just about anything in life, whether it's a, a tennis serve or a public speech, you got to practice. And crisis is, is a, is a skill set so, just like that. Let me ask you this curious question, because I pay very little attention to crisis management. Where would you say most organizations that are, you know, I, I guess I want to say I'm thinking mostly about global companies because mm-hmm. it seems like the obvious statement is that this impacts global companies more so than somebody sitting at the end of a you know on main street here in some town in america mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily 100 percent of the case but where would you say most companies are in terms of being capable of something like this capable to respond or capable to prepare it's two different questions uh well i guess in my thought it's how prepared are they to respond? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it's, it's, a uh, you know, that's the Pareto p- principle. It's 80, 20 or, or 1%. I mean, it's a small number, um, that I think, cause I think in, so retail, healthcare, travel and tourism, those industries have to deal with this stuff a lot. So they're pretty well prepared for this. I'm still amazed that aviation screws up as often as they do. But I think that hospitality, healthcare, and and retail are really pretty good at it. I think the financial industry, not as good, but also pretty good. I think the, the credit card companies and the banks have all had to deal with data breach and that barbarian at their gate. So I think they're relatively good at it. I think most industrial companies are really quite bad at it. I think they, they because the, the, the gears of the machine, whatever that machine does, whether it's a chemical cracker or punching out stainless steel, they typically work. But when they don't work and they break, 
people get hurt. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. So I don't think they're really good at that when they think about it from a reputation context. They're really good at it when they think about it from a risk management and business continuity context. They're really good at fixing the machine so it keeps working but when it spills over into reputation. So those are some industries I think get it right. I think industrials get it wrong. Um, I think the whole services industry, soft skills, knowledge workers, consultancies, we all have data. We all have our clients' data. And so I do think there's a risk in that space where people say, eh, that could never happen to me. So let's go let's go back i mean i know you said there were three yeah. three points that you need to cover so the first was who should be involved so i do have a question because we you know i know we have a lot of consultants uh that listen to us uh we've got a lot of small to medium-sized businesses yeah. um they may not have a team I, i'm going to assume that they may have a plan that's on the shelf they might have a, a consultant like you come in half day full day kind of rehearse some things but that could have been months or years ago and 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 they might not have you know planned for an event like this a coronavirus you know i mean this is yeah. stuff made of movies you know uh, you know becoming real um who where should they go where should they start yeah. i mean because you know crafting it in, you know a message internally is probably may or may not be the best thing yeah so you know so first step do these simulations. But for smaller organizations, that's not appropriate. The second, and what I think is exactly the answer to this question, is that leadership teams, proactive leaders, when they have their weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever, whenever they have their leadership team meeting, is to pull out the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times and say, what if this had happened to us? How would we respond? Because it is almost my guarantee that on any given day, you can find somebody, something like your organization, in the Wall Street Journal that's going through some semblance of a crisis or critical moment. So I think that second thing and what every leader should do could be daily, weekly, monthly, annually, whatever the case may be, should, should the leader should ask, what if this had happened to us? And spend the 10, 15 minutes as a leadership team to talk about that. So, so everybody, everybody, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go right ahead. And everybody to say their piece and it'll be very, very obvious to the leader as well as the organization Wow, we've never thought of that. I have no idea what we would do if that happened to us. So everybody right now is scrambling. I mean, everybody, because and we were talking a little bit about this before we went on the air is is that we don't know when this is going to end with the coronavirus. Yep. And it's a great example. And hopefully it will. You know, spring is going to come, as the president suggests, and it's going to dissipate for a while. But we don't know if it won't come back greater. And if this one goes away, there'll be some other event. That's going to happen. Um, and but we've got this. I mean, this is pressing. Uh, people are very fearful is every day there's a new case. Uh, looks like um, Pennsylvania just got their first case. Um, it was announced this morning. Um, so it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. What what's the plan? I mean, so we're, we're in the heat of it. I mean, we, we can't plan. We can't put this on the agenda for three months from now to have a, a strategic meeting about it. What's the what should a what should companies be doing right now to um, get, kind of get a message out, especially to their employees who are a little bit worried about coming in and associating with other people? The truth is the best place to start. So let's just so a lot of companies have already jumped on the bandwagon. You know, Keith mentioned we're canceling conferences and canceling travel. So a lot of companies are already doing that. But if you're today and you've not done anything, the first thing I would do is say, 
to my team in an HR context, I would say, we're watching this very closely. We don't believe this has direct impact on us, but we will let you know immediately if that changes. So just simply the truth, where are we in this process um, and the impact that it's there? Acknowledgement that you're on top of it or that you're aware of it. I don't think every organization doesn't need to overreact to this and every organization doesn't have to have a reaction. But I do think teams need to be told what's going on and that we're not clueless, that we at least have some semblance of thought around this. I also think it's an amazing way done correctly to reinforce mission and values. What do we stand for as a company? We we stand for transparency and we're going to share. We stand for, you know, keeping, you know, driving everybody to our KPIs and that that can pull through. So whatever those mission and values are, but you got to say something. This is too big to not say anything. I don't and I don't think what you say has to be linked to a decision. It doesn't have to be linked to no more travel, no more international travel, all conferences are canceled. Just that we're on it, we're aware it, we're watching it um, and reassure people. I think that's what organizations need to do today if they haven't already done something over the past three weeks. Yeah, there, there's a lot of other questions that I've gotten. And I'm I've sure got so many questions do. too. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but we're going to take a, a real quick break here. Uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions. Uh, you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. We've got a fascinating guest uh, today, Bill Coletti, uh, author of Critical uh, Moments and uh, the founder of the Kith Company, uh, K-I-T-H. Uh, we will be right back and we'll continue our conversation about how to uh, manage a crisis, prevent it from going into a critical moment. And uh, we'll be focusing a lot on the coronavirus. So stay tuned. We'll be back very shortly. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai. Hi everyone, this is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. I'm fine. Hey, welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show, everyone. Uh, I'm Ira Wolf, your host with Keith Campagna, and we've got Bill Coletti today. Uh, crisis management, reputation management expert, consultant. Uh, his company is Kith, K-I-T-H, and his book is Critical Moments. And we've been talking about how to avoid having a crisis turn into a critical moment, which 
may permanently damage your reputation. So in the first half, we were talking a little bit about, you know, what a reputation is, and it's clearly what other people expect you to do uh, during a crisis, during a moment. Uh, And uh, we've got that upon our hands. Uh, We've got that confronting us, uh, coronavirus. Um, A lot of people are fearful, uh, companies, management, you know, people on the street, customers, employees, and uh, we were we were talking about things that we can do. And when we left off, uh, and, and and including during the break, um, you know, with, uh, Keith, you had a question. Um, so I'll let you set it up, and then uh, we can continue that uh, conversation. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. So personally, I'm one of those guys who thinks that the, everything is being blown out of proportion, uh, and there's all of these quote-unquote conspiracy reasons why that's the case. And I know I'm not correct most of the time when it comes to this, but my curiosity and my question to Bill is, how do I know what's the truth? And I, you know, there's so many different sources and so many different reactions to all these different sources. Can you help me understand where I can go to maintain some resemblance of what we would consider truth? Yeah, great. It's a, and, and Keith, it's a, it's a great question. So I'm going to answer that question in the context of you being the leader of an organization, not just, you know, a guy wanting to find truth. So I'll talk about it in the context of, of leadership, because I think that's a, it's a different axis than as an individual. Does that, does that feel right? Sure. Yeah. So I, I think the perception is reality. All right. Is that there is a perception right now that this is a global brink of a global pandemic. There are people in New York, there are lawyers and doctors or lawyers and healthcare workers. There's people, people in nursing homes in, in, in Kirkland, Washington that have really died from that. And so I think there are people that really are scared. So I think as a leader of an organization, while you may think it's overhyped and you may think it is um, not as big as people think it is, We need to pause for a second and say, okay, is that what everybody thinks and how do I respond? Back to your point about where do you find truth? I mean, I think the HHS and and, and the the WHO, it's been my experience in working with both of those organizations and particularly the FDA. They're a little bit slower than everybody else. But HHS, there is a really, really good source of truth at at, at the CDC website in Atlanta that will just tell the truth on exactly where we are. And I feel really, really good about that. But I think as a leader, and I'll just use you as a, as a proxy for the leader of a company that might have the beliefs that you have, be careful because there are probably some of your team that might think differently and you don't want to come across as callous and non-caring, caring, but you do want to come across as, you know, that here's how we feel about it. This is what we're doing about it. So the source of truth, specifically CDC, HHS, I think you can get great information there. Kind of tune out the the mainstream media because I think it's a little bit. I agree, it's a little bit overhyped. Um, but but don't I wouldn't blow everything off because people died and that's real. So th- this could so I think in line with that. I mean, and this could be the first quote I've ever done. So you're hearing this first on Geek Skeezer's Googleization. I'm going to quote Lyle Lovett. And, and the only reason I'm quoting it is because it's in your book, Bill. Uh, you can't second guess your audience. So the, the there's a lot of people that are going to be fearful. There's a lot of people that aren't going to have the ability to decipher, to even understand when there's conflicting information or there's ambiguous information. Or frankly, the honest truth is no one really knows where mm-hmm. this is going. I mm-hmm. mean, it's new. 
you know, whether it was mishandled or not, whether it was handled perfectly, but this was just a new virulent strain and we just can't figure it out. Uh, going back to your truth answer. But employees are concerning. If, if I own a company, I've got 150 employees, um, you know, maybe there's moderate interaction and we've canceled travel, but there's still a concern. Um, because again, the, some of the concern is just educating your employees of what about my kids in school? You know, mm -hmm. one of the kids is sick. Should I continue to have them there? I heard about this parent that is sick. What should I do? What, what are some of the things an employer can do to help manage that? I mean, who, who do they go to? Who do they turn? Who do they bring in, um, you know, to, to be able to, to present that message? Yeah. You know, so I think it, it goes back to culture and it goes back to mission and values. What do you really stand for as an organization? What I've seen in my experience of companies that find themselves in crises, that find themselves in these moments is that people forget about empathy. Okay. And so I, so I think Keith's question is right on. Well, well, there is a lot of fog being empathetic about the confusion. That's where I think companies have been steered because of litigators and lawyers. They've been steered away from empathy. So I think wherever you determine to be your source of truth, I mentioned something a little bit earlier that I use and when I share it with my team and my clients, but I think the overriding issue is saying, I get it. People are scared. Let me try to help them. So I don't I, I don't know if you're asking specifically what's the source or what's the resource, but I think it starts with being an empathetic leader that says, I get it. Here's what I found and let me share it. And, and in, in a real way, as opposed to just adding to the freak out and adding to the paranoia, being empathetic, but being resolute is a really good posture, even in a crisis, in any crisis, especially this one. You know, it's just it's amazing. And and this is to you, Keith, too. Um, I mean, we're back to empathy. I mean, I, I don't know if any show we do, regardless of what we're talking about, um, whether that is that word escapes us. And, and I'm not sure it's if we, fascinating. If, if, we did this two or, if we did this two or three years ago, um, you know, or especially five or 10 years ago, if we had this show. Um, it would have never been brought up. I mean, you know, people talked about, oh, that's one of the soft skills. Yeah, but, you know, it doesn't work. So I appreciate that, Bill. And, and uh, just kind of a tie, tie this in. When we know that our listeners are empathetic. I mean, that's one of the reasons people listen to us. Maybe that's our approach. Maybe that's our message. Um, but uh, one of our guests, uh, and you'll appreciate this, uh, Bill, one of our guests uh, was Erin Michelson. Um, her company is summary.ai. Uh, and they have the kind profile. It's a free profile. You can go up. Uh, anybody basically who's listening to this can, can continue to get that. Uh, if you go to um, thekindquiz.com uh, forward slash GGG. So that'll, but you go to the kind quiz. Um, we had a couple hundred people participate that over in the last few months. Uh, and we found that the universal um the most common, it's not universal, but the most common value of our geek skeezers and Googleization listeners is empathy. <laughs> you know, so that's um, they're looking. Well, that's wonderful, but they're looking for that. I mean, we have people that are that are coming to us and are listening to because they value that. And then, you know, so it also gets to be is from management 
is do do they understand that? I mean, it sounds simple, and it's not sympathy, and it's not just simply going as we understand what your problem is. That's not empathy. I mean, that at least it could be, but it's not expressed as empathy. So the messaging is really, really important. But um, you know, it, it just surprising empathy just goes <laughs> just seems to be surfacing every week. So. Bill, you have a couple things in your book, um, and, and maybe tell me if this is appropriate or not, but you talk about the four steps. You, you have kind of, uh, you know, your pyramid, it's on your front cover, but you sort of have like the four A's of, of reputation management. Um, you, can you talk to that a little bit and, yes. and how, how people can employ that? Yeah, terrific. And so it, it came from a crisis. I, we had just finished a crisis in New York. Um, the, the female CEO, she and I were sitting together after the crisis and we said, well, that sucked. Let's never do this again. And I just was struggling as a consultant to kind of explain what I thought we needed to do, do to do next to grow their reputation. They were they were hit. They, they had a problem and they got hit by it. It impacted them. And we were articulating the a vision of what to do next. I fumbled in that conversation and wasn't really very good on the airplane flying home on a cocktail napkin, you know, sitting in coach. I actually mapped out these four A's then went back and tested it with her. And so the four A's are this notion of awareness, which is self-awareness about the individual, self-awareness about the organization. If we go on a reputation journey, can we really, really pull it off? Can can we can we talk the talk and walk the walk? That's all in 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 awareness. Assessment is ask the public, as Seth Godin suggests, ask the public what they expect of you. And that could be your employees are a public, stakeholder, your, your customers are a public, regulators, whoever you define to be your public or the people that matter most to you. It's an assessment, is just ask. There, there's no magic in reputation management. The public will tell you what their expectations are if we ask them the right questions in the right way. The next fourth, the next A is authority. And authority is about We've, we're self-aware. We think we want to go on this journey. We've talked to our key stakeholders, the folks that matter most. They've told us what they expect. Can we actually deliver on this? And that's where you get buy-in from your senior leadership team, from your board of directors, whatever the case may be. That's where authority comes in is that, okay, we know what we know about ourselves, about our community, and now we're ready to act but are you ready to go with me, board of directors, leadership team, general counsel, what have you? There's intentionally a blue line. There's a hard blue line. You'll see it on the cover. Then you move to action because it is it is the, the, the sin of consultants that say immediately jump to action or well-intentioned marketers or communicators that immediately jump to action and say, we need to go write a bigger check to the United Way. We need to jump on board LBGTQ issues, or we need to do support, you know, YouTube Bono's red campaign. And they just jump to action. People see through that greenwashing. They see through that silliness. So action is protected by this solid blue line because you have to have gone through those three steps. Now, there's a lot more behind it, but that's sort of the basic model to actually really enhance and grow a reputation, understanding what Seth Godin and others are talking about. Oops, sorry. So where do we go next? What? What's... what's um, uh, what, you know, I, I guess where do you, you're not asking you because you have no way to predict where the healthcare you know, where, where this evolves. Um, but what's next for some of these companies? What, what you know, who, who I think he's, you talked about it before. Is there some service companies or some industrial companies you thought were going to be most affected? Um, but, you know, what do you think? Where do you think we're, we're evolving to? 
or yeah. going to. Yeah, so I'm not going to predict the epidemiological trajectory of no, coronavirus. I, I, coronavirus. I, I, would, I would never <laughs> you don't want to do that on you with that. Yeah. I think you? West Virginia's next, so get ready. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know what's next. But here's what I do from my vantage point of what I'm focused on and what we're doing next. And, and we hit on it earlier. It's relatively straightforward, difficult, but still straightforward for companies to get in to coronavirus is to say, we're going to cancel travel. We're going to follow the herd. We're going to do these following things. Um, here's what we're saying to our employees. Those are relatively straightforward responses because the, the public sector and the government and whatnot have sort of paved the way for that and, and some really leading companies. So it's easy to fall into that slipstream and be in the herd. I think the big challenge for companies is and and Keith mentioned this is that until further notice, when does that end? When do companies say, okay, it's safe to get back in the water, it's safe to open up our stores in China, it's safe to go to the conference in New York in in or Chicago in March, April, May, June, September. So I think companies need to figure that out. We're investigating this and we're not crystal clear that the authorities, the CDC and the government, everybody other than the president, I don't think we're going to get a siren that says all clear like you would in a tornado. If you live in Tornado Alley, you typically get an all clear siren. I don't think we're going to get that. So companies are going to have to make decisions based on when it's okay to get back in the water without the crystal clear guidance that they had going in of the government. And so I think figuring that out. So Starbucks is back operational in China. Now And so they, they made a decision um, in order to get back. But we are just now having facilities in Washington and New York that are starting to shut down. So there is a we're very much in the United States, a trailing indicator. So the thing we're working on is what's the flare? What's the signal? What's the sound that we're going to hear to guide companies on when, to, when it's OK to get back in the water? And I don't have a great answer just yet. Yeah. You know, and and again, I, I appreciate that. Um, uh, again, I, I think the, you know, going back to what I suggested before, you know, what you suggested uh, was certainly being honest with everybody, having a meeting, um, you know, people want answers, but you don't have answers, so you can't make them up. Uh, but I, I think just incidents like um, just the other day, uh, people, uh, again, just because there's a whole bunch of weddings coming up in our family and things, people are going out trying to buy dresses. And a lot of the dresses that for weddings uh, or events are made in China mm -hmm. and they don't have stock. So partly somebody can, can listen to the news and say, you know, I think it's hyped up. And then all of a sudden it starts to affect their supplies and their supplies could be something as, I don't want to say this is trivial, but in, in scheme of things, pretty trivial that I can't get, you know, the supply, the inventory of, of wedding dresses or bridesmaid dresses uh, or evening gowns is, is limited, you know, to pharmaceuticals. And when it starts to impact people, then it's almost the severity of that is, is going to increase. The reality of the severity is going to hit home. And I think that's where employers have an opportunity to be, you know, they may not have all the answers, but they could be a resource and, uh, you know, of understanding and, you know, at least make sure that, um, you know, they have people like you or, you know, that that or, or reach out to, um, you know, healthcare leaders to see if they can come in and answer questions uh, that the employees have. Because it's not just how is this going to affect my job? 
it's how is this going to affect my life and my kids and my neighbors and my parents and and everyone else. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely critical for employers and organizations to to figure that out because it just it's what people want. And it goes back to, you know, um, Keith's question about truth. You know, I've, I'm supposed to be in New York next week with an expert witness and the expert said he's not traveling. And so that's my truth, whether I think that's paranoia or not, he's not going. And so everything's now got changed for me. And that's not my truth, but that's his truth. So therefore, it's become my truth um, in that context. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a couple major events. Fortunately, I don't have other than I'm driving about 100 miles, so, but uh, I don't have any travel until the mid mid April. And um, one of the conferences just yesterday asked me, uh, and I don't know if this was planned prior to this. It's a major conference. If it was planned prior to this, or whether it's because of this, but they said that they're going to be telecommuting. You know, would I be willing? to uh, have the event broadcast um, virtually because they're going to offer a virtual a package. And I, I just wonder if that was an event that is a precaution, that what happens if we can't hold the event? Because there's a couple thousand people that were supposed to well, attend. Well, Ira, yeah. there was one uh, colleague of mine, former colleague of mine, Shannon Grace, posted on LinkedIn, uh, her company has last minute canceled their, their conference. Mm -hmm. so again, yeah. well, this is this is a major major conference that's coming up in in April, and uh, and uh, so they're they're already got plans and work, you know, work and plans that uh, that uh, hopefully uh, you know we'll see what happens. So hopefully, uh, maybe the, the, we won't have that siren that says it's all clear, but uh, hopefully they'll uh, you know things will get a little bit more under control. Hey, we are just we're just about out of time, and we can. Been having this conversation for a while. Hey, Bill. Um, actually, I, I write a. I have your um, uh, a link that was in your book pulled up right in front of me. It's criticalmomentsbook.com, um, and you know it's how people can buy it and get a hold of it. Certainly on Amazon. Uh, you had mentioned that there's uh, some digital resources, some PDFs that they can download there. Um, so I'd highly recommend that everybody go up there. But how can how uh, other than this? How can people get in touch of you, touch with you? And um, you know, please share that. So real active on LinkedIn. We try to um, produce content up there on my channel, just Bill Coletti, and you've already linked to that. So that's a great place to learn more. But our corporate website is kith, K-I-T-H dot C-O. Uh, we put a lot of great content there. I'm happy to share emails and all those contacts are on both of those channels. So happy to respond. Love talking about this and just love help organizations uh, get it right. So those two are the best channels. Really appreciate it. And, and I'd love to get you back. Um, you know, with again, we probably fill our calendar just with 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 people that we've, you know, getting them back uh, that we didn't get things to talk about. Because love to be able to talk about how companies need to improve their, uh, you know, their employment branding and the reputation. And, and uh, uh, because, again, minor in, you know, in comparison to what we're talking about with health. But um, companies are really struggling with uh, building a, you know, a good reputation about their, you know, what type of employer they are or changing it if they have a problem. So Bill, Bill Coletti has been our guest. Uh, Critical Moments is his book. Kith.company is K-I-T-H.company.co um, is uh, you can visit him there or check him out on LinkedIn. Bill, appreciate it very much. It's been an absolute pr pleasure and I appreciate you taking the time being here. Ira Keith, Bill. thank you both very much. And thanks for what you do. You do great work. So keep it up. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. You, you help us do it. 
uh, you and, and a lot of our other guests. So uh, we will definitely be in touch. Uh, Keith, final words. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it's, you just said what I was thinking. You know, we, you and I get to sit back and just have 50 minutes of great conversation. And it's just impressive the, the, the level of understanding and awareness the guests that come on the show share with us. And, and they've worked hard and they're, they're obvious experts and thought leaders. And, you know, I, I think Bill, Bill helped me come to terms with the idea that in spite of all of the hoopla, you know, the coronavirus is something that's out there that needs to be addressed. And it might not make the most sense to overreact and feel like the the worst case scenario can present itself. But, you know, I, I learned to be patient and uh, and to pay attention to the to the good old fashioned ideas of go easy, go slow, learn and make good decisions. But but and again, we you and I work with a lot of small business leaders and large, you know, company, but a lot of small, medium-sized business leaders and managers. And it's like, well, we don't know what to tell our employees, so we're we're waiting. That's not the appropriate response. Uh, even just you know admitting that we don't know, but here's some things we have in place, and feel free to ask any questions or concern. So great message today, and uh, and which also swings back to our our empathy. Maybe we'll change the show to empathy. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the correct website uh, because it was just recently changed for the kind profile. That's K I N D is kind quiz. Uh, K-I-N-D-Q-U-I-Z dot com forward slash G-G-G. And uh, it's a free profile, wonderful profile. I'll talk to you about what your values are. Uh, I recommend everybody go up and get there. Thanks to uh, Aaron Michelson and Summary.ai uh, uh, for allowing us to do that. And uh, at the end of each quarter, they're going to make a donation on our behalf. And they just made one from, and I, I might blow the name, but it was uh, Dunia Project, D-U-I-N. D-O-U-N-I-A project. Uh, and it's an after-school program in New York City and Morocco and one other location. And uh, so based on uh, the response, uh, it's AI-generated response, they, they they gave it to an organization that sort of fit our values, our, our GGG profile values. So appreciate it. Um, thanks again for everybody listening to another great show. Uh, great guest, uh, Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, don't forget to go to googleizationnation.com to sign up for notifications of upcoming shows live streams, webinars, um, whatever else we, we're going to have going on. Um, and remember to order a copy of my book, Edition 2.0, or Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. You get that at join.googleizationnation.com. Uh, we're always interested in hearing what's on your mind, so connect with us on LinkedIn uh, or on our website, Geek Skeezers Googleization. Uh, thanks again to Zor.ai and Success Performance Solution for helping us be on the air and for sponsoring the show. So until next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com, or you can listen on any of our podcasts. Don't let the shift hit your plans. 